millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Uh, I think the field is on fire. I think there is enormous enthusiasm uh, amongst scientists, especially the, the youngest ones. That is Michelle Satellane talking about a paper from Maxime Mamunkin and colleagues. And this is Forum. Hello, welcome. You have found episode eight of Forum, Nature Biotechnology's podcast where we take a paper recently published in our pages or elsewhere and discuss it with uh, leading researchers in the field. My name is Brady Huggett. Today I am again with Irene Harsham, senior editor at Nature Biotechnology. And yeah, I think the best thing to do, let's just transition over to Irene and I setting up this paper, and I will talk to you at the end. Okay, so I have read this paper, and I think the first thing that we need to talk about is just tell us what is a CAR T-cell. Yeah, so a CAR T-cell is a T-cell, which um, is part of the immune system that has been engineered to express a chimeric receptor. And what these receptors do is they override the natural specificity of T-cells for a variety of antigens to direct those T cells to all target the same antigen. And what that means is if you have a tumor that you want to kill with a T cell, you can look at all the proteins that are on the surface of that tumor and create a chimeric antigen receptor that targets one of those. And when the CAR T cell, which is genetically engineered to express that, that chimeric molecule, sees that antigen, that protein, it will activate the T cell and the T cell will kill the tumor. But I think, uh, from what I know anyways, that these therapies are uh, not scalable and they are expensive. That's right? right. So there's a need for something that is not so patient-specific. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So this paper gets at that because, um, as you said, they're a very expensive therapy and 
it doesn't scale well. So the way, you know, when you have to make that product per patient, you, you have to wait until the patient comes in, you have to take the blood, uh, engineer the cells, grow them up. That is a long process and very resource intensive. And when, you know, right now, CAR T cells are only used in a few thousand patients a year. But if you were able to make a CAR T cell that targeted tumors that are much more common across the population, then you'd need something that scales better, right? You'd, ideally, you'd have some cells frozen down and the patient comes in and you say, okay, this tube is for you. We're going to inject these cells into you. But the reason why we can't do that right now is because when the CAR T cells and the recipient cells are not matched, then two things happen. First is the recipient's immune system will kill the CAR T cells before the CAR T cells are able to do anything. And then the other thing that will happen is that the CAR T cells will recognize the recipient's cells as foreign and will, will cause a lot of tissue damage in a disease process called graft-versus-host disease that's very serious and can kill people. So you have to get around these two problems, rejection and graft-versus-host disease, before you can make a CAR T cell that's off the shelf. Okay, so that's what this paper is about. That's right. And who did you who did you talk I to? I talked to Michelle Satterling, who's been in the CAR T cell field for a very long time and is a top expert. Where is where he's she at based? Memorial Sloan Kettering in New York? Okay, and this paper is titled "Engineered Off the Shelf Therapeutic T Cells Resist Host Immune Rejection," and the corresponding author is Maxime Mamunkin. He's from the Baylor College of Medicine. Uh, anything else we need to know? No, I think we're good. Okay, off you go. How are things going at MSK? Is your lab in full swing now? Uh, not full swing, but since July, we are at, I don't know, 70% swing. And I... um, we're kind of stable, maybe at, at that level. That's good to hear. I'm glad 70% sounds pretty good for, you know, given everything we're dealing with. Um, so, as you know, um, my a main topic of our conversation today is going to be off-the-shelf CAR T-cells and universal CAR T-cells. Do you think that the idea was always that this would be an initial phase to personalize the CAR T-cells and that eventually we would figure out how to make CAR T-cells that don't kill the recipient cells and that are not killed by the recipient? Well, I can't speak for others, but, um, I, I, but uh, you know, I've been thinking about engineering cells since you know, the, the, the late 80s. That's when I, when I started wanting to do this and later started working on it. Uh, and I can tell you, no, I had not thought about that. Um, the big question, the overarching question was, you know, could this work? <laughs> could you actually uh, instruct a T cell to, to go after any antigen that you tell it to, to go after? Uh, could a synthetic receptor known today as a car perform such a, an instruction? Um, would there be methods uh, that would allow for the uh, efficient genetic modification of uh, those T cells? Would the genetic modification of those T cells be safe and not cause uh, some form of, of gene, genotoxicity or, or, or genetically induced alteration of the T cells because of the uh, genetic remodeling of, of the T cell? Those were the initial questions, right? 
So now that we know that the answer to some of the questions that you were just raising, we know that we can make T cells that kill, go after whatever target we engineer them to target. Um, is making off the shelf universal CAR T cells that you could just have in the freezer and pull out and give to any patient, is that a priority? Given that there are other obviously challenges in the CAR T cell field still to be solved. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think it's certainly uh, a priority if you think of how to make this uh, available on a larger scale, then definitely it becomes a priority. Um, at the same time, though, you, you gave uh, the answer already. There certainly are many more aspects of, of car therapy or of engineered T-cells that, that are yet to be developed. And presumably that can be very well done in the autologous setting. And so uh, if we were in that research, innovation, and discovery mode, how do we target a solid tumor? How do we prevent uh, toxicities such as the cytokine release syndrome or the neurotoxicities that uh, occasionally uh, develop in, in recipients of CAR T-cells? Uh, how do we, again, extend this to this cancer, that cancer, and other cancers? All, all that could be done, and I, I suspect much of it will be done in the autologous setting. However, if we do think about, uh, and if we're optimistic about this, the, the success of many of these future approaches, then this question looms. How can we implement this form of therapy on a larger scale and uh, in a more cost-effective way? So a quick question on the first possibility, which is, you know, just uh, implementing manufacturing using machines. My understanding is that there there are some that are already in use, like the Prodigy, and that they don't solve all the problems from beginning to end. And, and let me just say, because we didn't mention specifically that the CAR T-cell manufacturing process is a pretty involved process that takes about two to three weeks, where T-cells are activated, transduced with a virus or modified otherwise with genome editing to express the CAR, expand it, and all kinds of QC that you have to do, obviously, in a GMP facility. Um so th there are some machines that have been already introduced, right? And how, how much of the problem do they solve right now? Okay. Uh, before addressing those instruments, um, uh, you said two, three weeks. Well, some processes may, to, to, may take two, three weeks of um, meaning uh, referring to the period during which the, the cells are in culture and being handled. Uh, but many processes are, are shorter than two, three weeks. Uh, 10 days, seven days, and there are a few groups now that are close, uh, they claim anyway, to having processes that would be even shorter than that. So they still require uh, a manipulation of cells, and that has to be done uh, in, in a controlled environment, and, um, and, and hence, you know, the cost uh, of this, uh, all of this processing. But anyway, just to say that it can be two, three weeks, but it could be shorter than that. So a future prospect is to have instruments, you know, closed instruments to, to, to establish what's called a closed process, something where, you know, your cells aren't suddenly in a flask that you open exposed to the atmosphere, uh, even if it's a controlled atmosphere. You want a, a closed process where everything goes from one chamber to another uh, through a tube and with all kinds of measurements and controls being done uh, throughout the process. It's one machine, it's a pretty large machine, uh, and when the cells from 
one patient or in that machine, that's, that's all you can do. The machine is doing that. So that is progress. It's closed, but we, we need more progress than that, uh, hopefully. And I think this, I'm, I'm pretty optimistic, actually. There's a number of um, uh, companies that are forming to uh, support cell therapies. You know, they have seen the promise of cell therapies. And, and there are people coming out, engineers really coming out of, uh, you know, the aeronautical industry or the chip industry uh, or, or uh, you know, microfluidics and others starting to think about this. Uh, and so that is why I'm pretty optimistic that these processes will evolve considerably in the next few years. And that would that will help no matter how we make T cells also, right? How we make them and whether we can um, find ways to mitigate graft versus host and rejection of the cells. Uh, but now switching over to the to this other possibility, right? That I think there is a substantial number of people working on is trying to engineer cells that are not rejected and that don't reject. Um, what are the main strategies that people have tried to solve that problem? Right. So this uh, graft uh, versus um, host response that could be initiated by uh, a CAR T cell where the T cell came from someone else, right? A non-self T cell, right? Uh, is... Um, initiated by the T-cell receptor. And so, so you have to either remove that T-cell receptor or use a cell that has, where you're very sure that the T-cell receptor will not be alloreactive, or you have to explore other immune cells that simply naturally do not possess a T-cell receptor. The second uh, bucket was to, well, keep the T-cell receptor if you're very sure, very confident that that T-cell receptor would not cause graft-versus-host disease. And that uh, can be the case if you use virus-specific T-cells. And over the years, a few large academic centers, my own MSK being one, uh, Baylor being another one in the U.S., uh, have accumulated uh, collections of these cells that are virus-specific. And then the third one is to use other immune cells that don't have a T-cell receptor and that cannot cause uh, graft-versus-host disease, in which case you don't need to go into knocking out, eliminating the T-cell receptor. And those cells are uh, natural killer cells, gamma-delta T-cells, which are still T-cells but have different receptors, or also NK T-cells. And those are subsets of uh, immune cells um, that have lytic properties, so they could, in principle, kill tumor cells, uh, but should not cause graft-versus-host disease. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. 
it'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. So this paper uh, we published recently from Max Mamankin at Baylor, it reports a strategy to to do something like that, right? So this paper um, describes a, a second chimeric receptor that you would put in a CAR T cell that recognizes activated T cells and kills them. So if you have a CAR T cell and that CAR T cell is being attacked by an activated T cell from the host, the CAR T cell would kill that cell first and prevent being killed. And the way just briefly that the receptor recognizes that is through um, recognition of 41BB, which is transiently expressed when T cells are activated. What do you think of a strategy like that? Well, first of all, I think it's a very clever strategy. And um, I mean, I congratulate uh, Maxime Mamonkin for uh, having uh, not just uh, having the idea, but then making a very uh, um, big efforts to, to demonstrate uh, the validity of this approach in the mouse models that, that he reported on. So I think it is uh, a very um, attractive idea in, in the following way. So what you need, as you just said, is uh, so you have a CAR T cell. Let's say there's one CAR that's there for the purpose of targeting the, the cancer. And then there's a second uh, device, a second CAR um, that is introduced in these uh, T cells. And it is going to um, engage cells in the body of the recipient. Now, what we're dealing with here are really T cell wars, right? This is T-cells fighting T-cells, all right? Now, you could call it this now, the T-cell wars. And uh, so the question is, or one question is, uh, okay, well, who's going to win here? Uh, will the CAR T-cell kill the host cell before it is rejected? Or can the uh, recipient cell uh, win first and, and, and kill the, off the CAR T-cell before it was killed? So, you know, this is a study with a certain model, with certain doses, certain uh, ratios, uh, certain kinetics of uh, these responses. And in that setting, um, you know, the group reported data where they could show that the, the CAR T cell won, uh, or at least was not 
uh, completely eliminated because there were clearly enough of the CAR T cells uh, left if, if some were killed, which was probably the case, but there were still enough to, to fight the tumor. But it is a T cell war and it is uh, uh, in part a numbers game. I think we'll need more models and more settings to, to see if this is uh, more broadly and more generally the case. So going back to something that you just mentioned, when I first read the paper, the first thing I thought is, why aren't these CAR T cells killing each other when they activate for 1BV? Yeah, that is correct. And that's another um, aspect I think I think still needs to be further explored uh, in this uh, chimeric molecule that um, uh, Mamonkin uh, created. And so you would think that these cells would undergo suicide. They would kill each other. I'm sorry, kill themselves. I'm sorry. Uh, and in addition, and that's probably easier to understand, that uh, one um, CAR T cell expressing this molecule uh, uh, would kill a neighboring cell, uh, uh, even another CAR T cell, not just the alloreactive cell from, from the recipient, but by the way, any cell that in that recipient will happen to be active at that time. By the way, if you have a viral infection, you may wipe out all your cells that are trying to protect you from the virus at that moment. So, so while it's not complete blind immunosuppression, it will eliminate any other cell that expresses 4-1-BV. So there's those bad alloreactive cells that we want to get rid of. But then if you happen to be fighting a viral infection, uh, those may pay the price. Uh, and then there's also some normal cells that express 4-1-BBs, you know, some myeloid cells, and they too could be uh, the innocent uh, bystanders eliminated in this. And fourthly, there are the CAR T cells themselves, and that's called fratricide killing, right? So one of the, um, uh, again, perhaps surprising and uh, definitely surprising and remarkable findings in this study is that the degree of... Um, either fratricide killing or, um, uh, again, cell autonomous killing, you can call that suicide, uh, wasn't such that, that these cells fizzled out on you right away and everything disappeared before they even eliminated the cancer. Again, it's a question of kinetics or, and, and degree to which this happens. And um, again, in this model, at these time points, with these doses, these cells could prevail. But there are all these other questions around it. Right. So talking about translate, translating something like this to the clinic. So we have seen now genome editing of CAR T cells go into patients. You have shown, um, and others now have also used, putting the CAR T cell directly into the track locus, the TCR locus, um, using CRISPR-Cas9 editing and other other genome editing strategies have been used. Um, talking about making off-the-shelf CAR T-cells, others have knocked out MHC, MHC class one, sometimes also class two, to try to prevent the cells from being rejected. How feasible is it in your mind that we're going to see broad use of genome editing with strategies like uh, Maximum Onkin's strategy or all, any of the ones I mentioned and all the others that are being developed? Well, broadly, well, um, first, before we get to broadly, we, we need uh, you know, smaller uh, groundbreaking um, 
uh, first um, studies. I certainly, um, uh, I personally hope that that will happen because everything we, we do with T-cell engineering shows us that the more precise the engineering, uh, the better a handle you have on controlling the functions and the fate uh, of those T-cells. Uh, there's the car, but you may want to put a second or third or fourth molecule and again, depending on the therapeutic and toxicity profile of those additional molecules, you know, may they be uh, cytokines or chemokines or SCFVs or bites or antibodies or other things that you want to uh, uh, release in the tumor microenvironment. Again, uh, I'm pretty sure that we will keep finding that precision engineering affords for, uh, you know, the design of, of, a, of a superior and safer T-cell. Now, having said all of that, uh, there are extremely few studies at this time that have made use of um, gene-edited uh, um, uh, CAR T-cells. This is just starting. There was a paper earlier this year uh, from the University of Pennsylvania where a triple knockout was um, uh, attempted. And, uh, you know, and that showed that it's on the one hand feasible, but, um, you know, there were translocations and other things happening in those cells. And I think that tells us all that, uh, you know, this uh, technology needs to be um, properly uh, developed. And um, also that did not entail a knock in, you know, where you introduce, for example, what we were just discussing, a car under the control of a promoter, which you want in a very specific location. You know that will will, but that all of that is coming to the clinic now. Um, I should add too that currently, the gene editing procedures are very expensive, and hopefully that too will not emerge as as one more um, uh, barrier. Uh, cell therapies are already expensive, and and the the materials needed for gene editing are. If you if you introduce genes, not if you just knock out, but if you knock in, are expensive. Mm -hmm. But again, to me, that I am firmly convinced that um, those costs will come down when you know there's a bigger demand. Michelle, I have one more question for you. In the couple of minutes left, I have of your time. When you think about the broadly the CAR T cell field and where it's at right now, where it's come from, and where it's going to be in the next two, five years. What are you most excited about in terms of developments? Well, actually, I'm not sure there's just one thing. Uh, I think the field is on fire. I think there's a, a enormous enthusiasm uh, amongst scientists, especially the, the youngest ones, uh, amongst clinicians, patient advocates, who see what CAR therapy did for lymphoma and leukemia and who keep coming to cancer centers like my own, asking their doctor, is there a CAR therapy for my cancer? So that um, enthusiasm, again, uh, and it doesn't stop there. It doesn't, it's not just the scientists, the clinicians, the patients. Uh, there's also uh, now the pharmaceutical industry, uh, at least some of them are now putting their, their expertise behind this. So I think that this will break down some walls as well. And even uh, if you go to Wall Street, 
there is a, a lot of uh, interest in investing in um, innovative uh, approaches to advanced cell therapies. So I think that first and foremost, there's, there's all this energy, this brain power, uh, and this, uh, these finances behind it that are coming uh, to, to advance car therapy. And so I very much hope that, you know, in five years, we'll, we'll have a few other uh, big stories to tell uh, akin to the CD19, uh, mm-hmm. our story that just, uh, involved, uh, that just uh, happened, I guess. Solid tumors is, is the lion's share of all cancers by the numbers. And, uh, you know, these technologies were really um, initially developed with a focus on hematological malignancies. Uh, at least we think that uh, as is, they may not be well suited for um, solid tumors. Uh, but what I mean by that is that uh, you have to add some some additional components and layers. And in parallel, there's this whole manufacturing aspect that we uh, were just discussing. Lastly, I want to say, I'll say one more hope that I have, is I think that um, CAR T-cells, the use of CAR T-cells uh, will not be limited to cancer. Um, there are other settings where engineered immune cells could be, I think, very useful in uh, autoimmune disorders and in intractable infections. And I have one last one to add, uh, that perhaps pluripotent stem cells will be harnessed to, to become uh, you know, bioreactors for making a whole immune response outside of the body without having to go to a donor to uh, uh, collect a T-cell and then you know, grow it up and, and modify it. So there, there's my wish list. That's a lot of interesting things to keep us uh, hooked on CAR T-cells for a while. Michelle, thank you so much for your time. It's been it really great talking with you. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Wonderful questions. All right, episode eight of Forum is complete. Hat tip to Michelle Satellane for his great insight into this paper. We have taken this paper and moved it in front of our paywall for the next seven days. There is a link in the show notes to take you there, so if you'd like to read that for non-subscribers, please do. Thanks to the Midwest Quiet for use of their music in this podcast. If you'd like to discuss this podcast, Nature Biotechnology, First Rounders, or anything that we do, you can find us on Twitter. Our handle is at Nature Biotech. You can speak to us there. And finally, some news. Irene has taken a job in industry, and she has left the Nature Biotechnology team. That is a loss for this show, and that's a loss for the journal. She's a great editor and a great colleague. Irene, you will be missed. That is all. I will talk to you on the next one. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love 
and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.